Here we are. Episode 82, uh, Christmas special. Indeed. Welcome to the Sydney studios, Brian. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, Thanks to all the uh, producers who made it happen yet again. Organizing. So much organizing. But it all comes through. It all pays off. And I can't begin to explain how happy I am to be here. Once again, talking about sports. Welcome to uh, FHM Sports Podcast of the Year, Behind the Player. I am Josh Ahern. I am Brian Compo. You're rocking with the best. And uh, we've got a little Christmas special for you this year. Uh, so, you know, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Happy Hanukkah, too, because we don't want to exclude Happy Kwanzaa. Um, what else is there? Ramadan. Ramadan. Uh, I think that's about it. Okay. You know, it's good enough. It's really nice to be able to say Merry Christmas. I feel like that was in jeopardy for a while. You know, there's a bit of a war on Christmas. I don't want to get into politics so soon. Like, we just started. But, you know, just to be able to sit across from you and say Merry Christmas, Brian. Merry Christmas, Josh. It's uh, so freeing. You know, and uh, as we've already discussed on the podcast before, uh, Jesus would have been a great sportsman. He was a sportsman. Yes. He was an ice skater. He was an ice skater. Um, he uh, he did long jump of a sorts. But I think it's a shame that the people who wrote the Bible weren't thinking about that at the time. I feel like if they, if we'd been around then, I feel like, I mean, this might be a bit sacrilegious, but I feel like the Bible would be a bit more on point in terms of what people really want to know. You know that there's a few things I'd like to mention. First of all, the Bible's been misread because the numbers, uh, Genesis 1, 12, they're actually just keeping score those are points yeah and the scores just keep increasing because that's how good the bible is yeah and then, and then when they get to a new what people say is a book that's just the start of a new league a new competition exactly you know exactly if you if you sort of jump if you if you notice all the best like in pulp fiction when samuel jackson recites that bible verse yeah ezekiel twenty five seventeen. i mean that's not a, that's like clearly a, a great game you know yeah. it's close enough that the 17s couldn't make a surge and come up and beat the 25s you know there's a lot of tension in that game and i like that um, from the New Testament, some a lot of people don't realize that each book is uh, is named after actual actually a most valuable player. Mm. So for a while, Mark was the most valuable player. Then John. Well, I can't remember the order, but you know, whatever. Mm. But they were very important people uh, for the world of sports. That's right. And um, another thing I wanted to mention a couple of times. Uh, well, back then was Jesus when he walked on water. He was actually figure skating on ice, and people have just twisted the story and made us forget that he was actually a figure skater. He's beautiful. Um, strong, graceful figure skater. And I know this because I've seen the original Bible mm. and it blew my mind. And it's true that, I mean, that is why Palestine today is, is known as the figure skating capital. You know, you get those big long lakes that are sort of pristine and I don't know, a lot of surface area for you to um, perfect your pirouettes and all kinds of other tricks. The shame is that due to climate change, those lakes no longer freeze over. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the science isn't in, you know, what I'd say about that is um, for those listeners who don't agree with what Brian said, um, you know, that uh, we we hear you and we respect you and you know the science isn't in and let, let's just let's just say that yeah you know? did you know that jesus was also a bodybuilder and that the whole bearing the cross thing he was just trying to prove how strong he was he was just walking around with a heavy cross he was just getting his numbers up and when they put him up on the crosses actually he'd won a prize mm. like that's a good part of the bible yeah they gave him a spear yeah and that's like that spear today that spear is a is a um, sacred relic that you find in the vatican where they keep all of jesus trophies yeah so anyway on to the on to the show 
Biatch. Now, uh, a few news items to discuss. And uh, <clears throat> the first one is, Brian, I'm, I'm sure you've read about this. Uh, Russia has been disqualified from, That's right, the, from Olympics, the Olympics uh, because of doping, because of drugs. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Mm. How do you feel about it? I've said on this show before that I believe there should be a separate league for people who want to uh, enhance their performance by taking these substances. Mm -hmm. And I stand by that. And I think <clears throat> this is a massive shame because in the past, we've seen many amazing Russian athletes competing. Yeah. And to deny ourselves the pleasure of watching those people compete. I mean, I think it's like, it's it's all politics. You know what I mean? I think it is. I think that people are, are biased against Russia. And I think it's a real shame. You know, I was thinking an athlete is allowed to consume food, right? Yes. Like an athlete would be allowed to eat an no, apple. I know where you're going here and I like it. Would be allowed to eat an apple, would be allowed to eat a steak, a spaghetti, whatever they want, right? Because they are natural things. Let's say a steroid. There's nothing unnatural about a steroid. It comes from natural ingredients. And I think it's a shame that we can allow somebody to eat a fruit, but we can't allow them to eat a combination of natural things put into one tiny pill, which is ingenious. And the sport of making pills it. is incredible. I don't know how to do it. Um, so I think that they should be allowed to compete. And any athlete anywhere should be allowed to take whatever chemicals they want because they all come from natural ingredients. Look, when you, when you eat spaghetti and meatballs, what's really happened there? Firstly, you've taken a cow and it's been slaughtered in some horrible, like depraved factory full of psychopaths. And the cow's guts have been, you know, minced up and churned up. And then this Italian dude comes along and rolls it up into a ball and makes that like perfect magical mouth kissing motion. That's us. It's basically a meat pill. It's a meat pill. It's chock full of protein. You know, an animal's died to bring you that. Exactly. And even the spaghetti. What's the spaghetti? You grow a plant, then you crush it in this big mill. Yeah. Then you run it through this little squiggly thing. You know, it, it's not natural. It's cruel. It's absolutely cruel. It is cruel. And I'm not against it per se, but it's not. If you're going to say that that is natural, then you have to say that taking corticosteroids is also natural. I mean, what's the difference? And also, if I can point this out, what animal died in making a steroid? None. It was made by educated scientists. In a, in a lab and they're very intelligent people who put this together without killing any animal or plant. Yeah. They just found natural elements and combined them. And that, that why would somebody be disqualified for consuming that? Do you think that some of the uh, sort of the, the anti-steroid sentiment is coming from a like a almost like anti-education stance? Yeah, I think that's a, that could definitely be argued. You know, like a suspicion of expertise. Like why are we as a society so suspicious of expertise? You know, it's like we these people study f for so long and we we reject what they have to say. Mm. I mean, look, because it's a sport, I love boxing. But why do we always have to have kind of uneducated people boxing? Imagine if we had somebody in boxing who was highly, highly educated, well-read, they'd be the best fighter ever. And they would know how to how to make a certain pill that would make them box be better than anyone else. Yeah. And our current uh, boxing institutions would detect that pill in their bloodstream and disqualify. I, th I just think that's unfair. I think it's completely wrong. I think either you have to allow these people into the game or you have to create a separate league, you know, a separate version of the Olympics that is for enhanced, you know, people. I don't agree with that. I think it's natural <clears> and they should just be in the same category. And if you Absolutely. choose not to do that, it's like, what, what's the difference between choosing to not take steroids and choosing to not eat spaghetti bolognese? I don't think there is a difference. Exactly. You know, choosing, I have a different diet than you, you know, yeah, whatever. If, if you choose to not get up in the morning and like run for 10 kilometers, but you choose to take a steroid and then somebody else doesn't take the steroid and runs 10 kilometers as their preparation, you know, it's like, how, who are we to say, or who is anyone to say that one thing is more valuable? than the other. I agree. I think it's the difference between apples and oranges. And really, what what, what is the political reason for kicking Russia out? Because as far as I know, Russia and the rest of the world, I mean, the Cold War ended a long time ago. Yeah. What's the problem now? You know what they're I mean? just bringing it back up. They're not even the bad guys in our movies anymore. We've moved on to the Arabs and shit. And yeah. they're the bad guys now. Yeah. And sometimes the Chinese. Yeah. So like, why, why are we still kicking the Russians? You know, they're down. They lost that war. Yeah. We clearly demonstrated that our system is much better than theirs. And this is like, we're just kicking them while they're down. I agree. Part of being a good athlete 
athlete is is winning with grace. That's and not what this is. There are barely any more graceful um, sports people than from Russia. Exactly. There's so many amazing sports people from there. You know, anti-Semites, like I tacked on that, I, I uh, mentioned that in a recent episode. They're very good at that, you know, pogroms, all that stuff. But they're also like great at ice skating, you know, which I we've think, already mentioned. I think that if Jesus were alive today, he would be Russian. He would be Russian or, you know, very sympathetic to Russians. Yeah. And if he was alive and went to Russia, they would probably really be into him. He'd be like the Wayne Gretzky of their hockey team. Yeah. And, you know, that's saying a lot because um, they're, they're really good at hockey already. You know? Yeah. Anyway, look, um, I've got a, a roving correspondent mm-hmm. who I'd like to uh, talk to about this. Excellent. So I'm just going to um, get the producers to get him on the line. And while we do that, let's have let's have your thoughts on the whole Russian situation. Well, I think that Russia uh, has an excellent climate of cold to um, to help athletes cool down after the game, which I think that other countries find a, as a disadvantage. Yeah. So somebody from, say, um, Spain would think that they don't have an advantage. Right. Because Russia gets to cool down after a game. Okay. I'm told we have uh, Nick McLean on the line. Uh, Nick McLean is our uh, roving Russian correspondent. Welcome to the show, Nick. Oh, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be on Behind the Plan. Yeah, no problem. Um, thanks for being available to take our call. Now, we've just started discussing the Russian situation. I try to avoid politics whenever possible on this show, but uh, as we've established, there is a political uh, element to this, and uh, I was wondering if, if you could shed some light on that for us. Uh, Nick, you're in Russia right now, are you not? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Sochi, the side of the uh, Russian Winter Olympics of a few years ago. I've been, yeah, I've been discussing what are essentially some global geopolitical developments, I think, uh, being played out through the sporting arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a big story, and I think it's one we're going to break here on Behind the Plan today. And so, in your view, because we, we have established that the in terms of steroids, uh, those are natural things. They are just as natural as, you know, just eating other forms of protein. So, it, given that that is the case, and we'll move forward assuming that it is, why then have, have the Olympic Committee chosen to exclude Russia from this uh, competition? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's connected to a lot of other issues that people haven't realised what I think we need to understand is that uh, America, you know, we need to bring the US into this. America is, you know, it's a, it's a superpower, but it's in decline. And of course, Trump, you know, has come to power. And I think, uh, you know, the way I see it is that Trump is trying to shift the political process from established international forums into ground that he's much more comfortable on. And uh, that's essentially the sporting arena. Uh, so what I think is going on behind the scenes, and I, you know, I'm really trying to trace these and put these together. Is I think there's political machinations happening. I think there's, uh, there's connections to the, the South. Uh, bombings and uh, and the Katara mm-hmm. uh, World Cup situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not totally clear on it, but I think there's a big global conspiracy going on, and it's a part of the political strategy of the Trump administration to move politics into the sporting arena. That's the big mm-hmm. picture of mine. Now, before you go on, um, you should know that uh, we here at Behind the Play are uh, great admirers of Donald Trump. Uh, we do think he's a great sportsman. He's excellent at golf. He's the best sportsman. That's why he's on top. He's amazing at. Uh, um, having affairs, you know, I mean, that's, that's I mean, a, you know, Gene Simmons and Donald Trump. There, there are, there are many different, I mean, that's kind of a triathlete kind of discipline because you need to be able to um, have sex well, you need to be able to run, um, you know, th- there's a lot of different disciplines involved there. So for some of our uh, listeners who, who might not appreciate your sort of criticism of Donald Trump, I mean, are you saying that it, this is his fault? Oh, it's not, it's not a criticism of Trump at all. I think it's a very catchy political strategy. Donald Trump, of course, he's a master sportsman himself. I mean, he also has a very high IQ, but he also knows what the people who support him are interested in. They're interested in sport, you know, and they know he's a great sportsman. So he's just simply trying to have important conversations in ways that, uh, you know, we can all relate to much better. I think we can all relate to any issue much better through sport. Uh, you know, you- so that's the long-term game I see there, you know, trying to get it away from the swamp of Washington and away from the swamp of international mm-hmm. politics. Mm-hmm. And you'll come back at it. Talk about sport more. Uh, could you, Nick, could you mm-hmm. potentially argue that Donald Trump is the new Jesus? 
Well, look, I mean, I think he's argued that himself, really. So that's good enough for me. Yeah, right, that's I think good enough for me. Okay, well, that's uh, that's a very valuable perspective there. Uh, thanks very much, Nick. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Nick. Hope you're keeping warm over there nice. in uh, Sochi. Yeah, and uh, great idea. Yeah. Let us know what develops. We'll do. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. Good thanks so much, Nick. Bye bye, ladies and gentlemen. Nick McLean. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Very interesting perspective there. Very much. He's uh, He is our uh, Russian uh, contact, and he, he knows most about Russia, so he is a variable, very valuable asset to the show in uh, informing us as to what's happening in Russia. I don't know anything about politics, Ryan, and I'm, I'm happy to admit that. You know, it's important to uh, be aware of what, what your blind spots are, mm-hmm. what your shortcomings are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no shortcomings when it comes to sports, 99% of sports. Um, you know, and I, I don't, it's not like I don't have anything to prove. I'm just saying uh, that it, it, when it comes to politics and sport coming together, it I'm, really makes me angry. You know, Josh, do you mind if I interrupt you for a second? Of course. You just said that you don't have anything to prove about sports. Why do you keep winning? Well, because winning is, is, is not about proof. Winning is just about winning. Hmm. Winning is an act unto itself. It's a reason unto itself. I suppose the act of playing sports itself is winning. When you start playing a sport, you win a certain way. And then when you win that sport, you win in another way. Yeah. And I like to do both of those types of winning. And even when I don't do that first win, uh, the second win, sorry, I've got the first one. Exactly. You heard it here first. You'll hear it here last. Sports is winning. Now, what what I want to do is um, put some pressure on the Olympic Committee to let Russia back in the game. Yeah. Uh, so what what are, what are some ways we can do that? You know, we've had a lot of um, feedback from listeners already calling us. Yeah. I'd say to those people, thank you. Um, but obviously we don't have the power to make that change. So who, who can those people call and what, what kind of campaign can we do? A pro-Russia campaign. Well, the um, I've got a good friend, Sergei Fender Officers. Sergei Fender Officers. Indeed. Uh, sorry, I was choking on my words there. I was um, thinking about sports. I got distracted. That's anyway, uh, Sergei Fender Officers uh, is a good friend. He is uh, head of the Committee on Good Sportsmanship. Uh, he is based in Russia. And I think that he has a lot of political influence uh, with regard to being friends with Donald Trump. Both have been, um, Sergey was uh, head of extreme sports for many years. Uh, extreme sports for those I'm sure most of you know. Um, extreme sports uh, involve obviously extreme things. Uh, the main sport and the most well-known was the one that Jesus won. It was cross-bearing and cross-nailing or being nailed to the cross. And Sergey has been nailed to the cross a few times. Mm. He did survive, making him more of a winner than Jesus in one way. But then again, Jesus is the most well-known and I believe the first person to be nailed to a cross ever. And um, so also, he was the originator. Also the first person to be nailed from a cross, pronounced dead, and then come back to life. That is absolutely amazing. That is, he is the only participant in that sport. To come back to life. Apart from perhaps Rasputin. Yeah. But uh, he definitely did it before Rasputin did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Rasputin, also an amazing Russian athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so good at his sport that they decided once he passed away, um, rest in peace, he was so good at the sports that of sleeping with women, which is uh, another sport that Donald Trump excels at, that they decided to preserve his penis once he had passed away. That's right. That's right. Mm. And I believe it's one of the largest penises uh, known to man mm. and women. Right. Right, known to many, I'm sure. And, you know, it's they say it's uh, it's not about size, it's about the way you use it. But I think that's just not true. It's about size. It is. And he, he had it going on, you know, and I've heard that from a few people. Yeah. So getting back to it, uh, we also know that Greg Norman is a good mate of Trump's. Yeah. You know, they like to play golf together. Yeah, the shark. That's one figure that we could potentially lobby in order to get on, on the side of Trump and get the Russians back in the game. Indeed. I had dinner with Greg, uh, was it last night or the night before? Uh, the night before. And, um, yeah, he was in full support of... of- of convincing the rest of the world to allow Russia to compete in the Olympics. Mm. And of course, they don't call him the shark for nothing. He um, was a shark fisher 
around Russia, and he's actually very strong. He, he used to be able to dive into the ocean and catch sharks with his bare hands mm. because they have quite abrasive skin, so they're actually easier to catch than you think. But he was the best at it, and Russia was the only country in the world that allowed him to do that beside Japan. Mm. But Japan had a lot more restrictions to them, uh, being very close friends with China. Yes. Uh, through the past years, uh, Japan and China have always sided with each other. And so Greg was allowed to fish and uh, pursue his career as a shark fisher in Russia, just giving more um, support to the argument of letting Russia in the and, and as a side note, I think it's a, a shame that one of our best and brightest felt like he had to go overseas in order to find the ideal conditions in which to practice Indeed. the sport that he loved. Why were we not allowing Greg to jump into Australian waters and wrestle and kill sharks? I'll tell you why. Bureaucracy, red tape, and Australia is choking on it. And it's it's look, I, I don't I don't disagree with environmental protection in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now is the time in Australia where we can all agree that we're we're over the hill now. I mean, we've been so protective of our environment for so long. You know, there's been so much legislation, and I feel like we've really undone a lot of the damage that past you know, let's say, less enlightened generations have done to our ecosystem. And I feel like Australia has been really environmentally stable for such a long time now. Yeah, and let us not forget that there currently is an overpopulation of fish in the ocean. That's right. And, you know, Australia, I think, is a shining example to the rest of the world in terms of how to treat your environment, Um, you know, and and we've been a leading light in that field for quite some time. I think we're number one, are we not? We're, we're, We're number two. Number two. Behind China. Uh, but, of course. But we're still very competitive. And I think, I'm not saying we should, you know, slip further down that pole, but uh, let's ease back on some of this environmental protection now. We can all agree. I mean, like the only th- really bad thing that happens in Australia is cyclones. And cyclones are beyond anyone's control. They are They're natural. quite literally acts of God. Uh, all the other stuff that used to happen or that, you know, certain people warned us were going to happen, we took that action. You know, we, we fixed those problems. Now I feel like it's time to roll a bit of those back. You know, it, maybe Greg now is beyond the age where he can go just leaping in the ocean and wrestling with a, you know, um, white pointer. But, you know, who, who's to say that the next Greg Norman isn't just standing on a dock somewhere, just staring into the ocean? And it's, it frustrated. could be Australia. Could angry. Be right here in Sydney. Yeah, he could be angry. He could be frustrated saying, oh, why Why are these environmental protections in place? They are they are outdated now. We don't, we don't need them anymore. Those problems have been solved. I went to uh, Circular Quay uh, earlier this morning for a swim, mm-hmm. a competitive swim. I, I, I did win. Uh, and I looked into the water and I saw sharks, just so many sharks everywhere. And I can imagine being, you know, the next Greg Norman and looking into the ocean and thinking, I could help the ocean to, mm. to, to prevent overfish, uh, to prevent the overpopulation of sharks. I could be in there right now. I could be in there punching gills and like snapping jaws and just, just winning. Winning. Exactly. Winning against the sharks. Just getting the those points up. And instead, because of some lunatic greenie who's been in charge of the country forever now. <sighs> fucking, you know, Scott Ludlam is the problem. I agree. I'm and tired of hearing that man's voice. He, he, he's, he, you know, he, he's the, he's the Palpatine of our world. He's Did behind you, the scenes. He's never won a single sport. I know. I just said that on, on behind the player. I'm so sorry. My blood is boiling. Scott Ludlam. I know you're listening because you love the show as do most people, as does everyone for that matter, whether or not you like to admit it. If you're listening, please change your stance on the environment. We need, we need to include sharks into sport as Greg Norman showed us. Bob Brown as well. Bob Brown. He's another massive culprit. He's, he held the reins in this country for a long time. You might be retired now, but I think he's pulling some strings. From I behind think he the is as well. And I just want to send out a message to you, Bob. We're watching you. And for every time that a person 
person like Greg Norman doesn't jump into the ocean and wrestle a shark, we are blaming you squarely. Indeed. Brown is my least favourite colour. Well, I mean, there are some good things that are brown, but Bob is not one of them. Um, anyway, on to a Scott that we do like, uh, Scott Morrison. Now, he's a great bloke. He's he's winning. Now, what I would say is we need to get him on the side of this uh, get the Russians back into the game business. So I think we need to start a campaign with all of our listeners um, to use the post because he's an old fashioned kind of guy. And I think, you know, he doesn't, you can post on Facebook and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean anything. You know, if you want to really reach someone like him, you got to put pen to paper. You know, you got to put it in an envelope. You got to chuck it in the post box and let it get to him. And I think he'll read that. And if we have a, a combined effort to send him uh, some, some correspondence about this issue, I think we can, we can make a change together. I think so too. And I think, you know what, just getting on the topic, Scott Morrison has been winning at sports all year. He has. All year. Of course he deserves a holiday in Hawaii. He's had an amazing summer. He's tired. He needs he needs a break. He's sweating. Give him a break. Let him have his holiday in Hawaii. It's a beat up. The rest of us have not done anywhere near as much winning as he has. Give him a break. Yeah. He deserves it. Scott Morrison, out of anyone that I can think of this year who's had a go, I would say that he's had the most goes. He's, and he deserves the most he goes. Deser- he deserves all of those goes and more. If getting goes was a sport, which it kind of is, he's number one. It's not an official sport, but, you know, we'll see about that. That's another campaign we've got going. Yeah, I reckon we should write to listeners. If you want to uh, write a letter to Scott Morrison, our excellent, very excellent prime minister, let's start the sport of having a go. I believe Scott Morrison would win easily. I believe that Peter Dutton would be not far behind. And a strong contender, Barnaby Joyce. Here's here's my suggestion, right? We want, we want him to think that the letters are all coming from the same group of people. We want him to know that it's a organized effort. So what I suggest, rather than handwriting the letter, get some magazines and cut out some letters. You know what I mean? Sports magazines. Use it, well, don't cut sports magazines, you know? Mm. Keep those. Get, yeah, good point. Go, get, get some, like, uh, if you get, like, New Idea or something like that. Or, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But know, that's life. Yeah, just one of those, yeah. you know, um, ITER. Is that a matter? Anyway. Cut up, cut up those magazines. I, I only read sports magazines. Same. I'm guessing these other titles, you know, right. New Daily and whatever, like um, Dad's Anonymous. The Talk, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, women's, pa- women's Affairs. The, the Panel Guys. Ugh. You know. Anyway. Get, cut, cut out um, numbers from those magazines and use sticky tape. And just for an extra little bit of fun, use gloves, right? When you do this, put on some gloves so that, because, you know, they do have access to fingerprinting and all that stuff. And Because they want to know they want to know is that invested in sports yeah who who is this and we want them to think that it's a lot of people in the country it's a big mass right so wear the gloves you know anything that you're going to send don't touch with your fingers because you've got oils do not lick the envelope don't lick the envelope use some um nondescript clag glue stick or something you know spell out the kind of message that is in your heart for scott morrison you know stick that onto the paper and then you know what for a little personal touch sprinkle a little bit a couple of steroids in there you know what i mean get that <laughs> envelope that and, brings uh, me so just much some joy white, to hear you just say some that. white powder into the envelope and then put that in there and send it to parliament house you know and let's get that going all of us together i think if we do that he will understand how much support there is for this for the sporting uh, for the sport of go for the sport of giving a go to russia and he'll call up trump on the phone and he and trump are good buddies and he'll say look let's let him back in the game and i think we've got a chance if we do that i think that's an excellent idea so thank you here at behind the player we will be writing our letters this afternoon and um, we expect all of you listeners, all... How many listeners do we have? We're well into the th- hundreds of thousands. Oh, I believe we've got Tully online. Tully, my man. Welcome to Behind the Player. Uh, we just wanted to know your opinion on Scott Morrison being the number one player in having a go. Would you like to give us your opinion? 
Um, no comment. Well, I believe that's why we got you on the line, Tully. We've got our uh, far north Queensland correspondent, uh, Tully Ryan, on the phone. Thanks for joining us, Tully. Yeah, no worries. So, uh, are, you guys, are you broadcasting from Central Coast? No, we are broadcasting from Central Sydney. We're in the Sydney studio right now. Uh, for those listeners out there who don't know, uh, Tully is our um, Nimbin correspondent, uh, but I believe he's uh, travelled far north in this case, and uh, he's been travelling around talking to the people and uh, seeing what they all think about uh, how much of a go Scott Morrison has been having. So, Tully, g- give us an opinion, uh, well, not an opinion, give us uh, uh, some information as to what people are saying about our greatest sportsman, Scott Morrison. Uh, my honest opinion? No, no, what, what the people are saying. Oh, what the people are saying. Could you reiterate those, those, uh, those facts for me, please? Well, <clears throat> we've been talking about how Scott Morrison has been number one in the country at having a go, and uh, he is leading by far. I think Peter Dutton is second, uh, Barnaby Joyce is third, and in terms of New South Wales, Angus Taylor has been coming up quite strongly. He's had, he's had a good go this year. Indeed. So uh, what are the people around um, Nimbin telling us about Scott Morrison? People around Nimbin. I mean, to be honest, they're not really talking about it. Okay, so what are they saying? Not much. Mate, look, I, I hate to do this on, on air, but what are we paying you for? You know what I mean? Yeah. We sent you out there to Nimbin to do a job. Now, what are you doing? Uh, well, I just I actually got back from Woodford yeah. I just landed in Sydney. Oh, excellent. Great. Yeah. So thanks. you're not where you're supposed to be. Well, I was yesterday, but a quick run. I have All to right. say, I have to say, I'm very disappointed. Uh, As am I. You know, it's hard to get good help these days. Well, look, Tully, now that you're in Sydney, what's the first sport you'll be playing? Um, first sport. Oh, I don't know, it's a bit hot today. Maybe some squash. Some squash? Yeah, excellent. Yeah. What about fly fishing? Is that considered a sport these days? Of course. What kind of question is that? What's happened to you? Tully, I think, I think those dirty hippies at Woodford have taken it out of you. Those non-playing, non-sports playing hippies listening to that shitty f- music. This, this is what I have to say about culture, right? You have to be very careful because... Four days ago, I spoke to that boy, and he was a bright-eyed, enthusiastic sports fanatic with his mind completely across all of the stats, and we sent him away to this horrible, you know, cultural festival, and now he's come back, he doesn't know anything. Charlie, what do you have to say for yourself? Um, I'm sorry, I just wanted to speak to you, and in turn, our, our nation. We'll, we'll be talking to you in a bit, okay? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. We apologise. Uh, very disappointed. Um, look, you know, th- this this is a cautionary tale and we didn't want this to go this way. I didn't want it to go this way. Uh, I apologise to you, ladies and gentlemen. I know that we you're used to us by now having a fine-tuned team of experts that we call upon. We send out to do various research tasks. You know, uh, I apologise. I apologise on behalf of myself and on Brian's behalf also. I'm speechless. I'm, I'm trying to contain myself, but... <sighs> Look, it goes like this. We, we've talked a lot about how we think that uh, music especially is unnecessarily represented in Australia. So we sent- uh, Unless one, it's competitive music. Yes. But even then, you know, that, that still has a chance of dipping into actual recreational music, which we don't like. And we sent uh, Tully Ryan, who's a re- been a really promising intern here on the show. You know, you've heard him a few times before. We sent him up to this Woodford Festival to try and talk to these people and see if he could really get sports back on the agenda there for the festival. Because what would be better than a sports festival? Why do you go to these festivals and there's like music and there's, you know, you paint a tile or something? Stupid. Stupid. Stupidity. Waste of time. Waste of time. Where are the sports? Distractions where we should be focusing. The closest you'll get to sports at a thing like Woodford is, you know, a couple of guys throwing a frisbee in the camp, which is good. This, I'm not I'm not having a go at competitive uh, disc throwing at all. That's a great sport and that's a good start. But it should not be leisurely. It's not official. That's my problem. It's not on the program. I saw um, the one the one gig that I went to that I actually enjoyed. Uh, excuse me. Uh, what's a gig? 
Oh, sorry. Uh, it's what the kids are calling uh, musical performance. Oh. Again, not a sport. But the one musical performance that I attended that I actually thought, and it was by accident, I walked in thinking the boxing would be on. And there was this musical performance on stage. And what I did enjoy was seeing two men fighting each other at the bar. I thought that was excellent. Mm. These people understood how music should be consumed. That's that's a very strong sport, that is. Indeed. Uh, and I think that they were, <clears throat> the same way that I think that Russia needs to be recognized, they had taken uh, alcohol to enhance their, um, their performance in the fighting. Yes. And I think that was yes. really well played i was i was clapping I, I couldn't contain my joy people thought that i was enjoying the musical performance I, I mean i thought it was okay to have a bit of you know background noise that wasn't so distracting over the fight but the, the fight itself was amazing i i i, I applaud those two gentlemen mm. Now, what we've seen here today is uh, just indicative of what's happening all over this nation. Uh, we sent this uh, bright-eyed young sports fanatic up to Woodford, and he was corrupted within a matter of days. And he had no... He, he, did you hear in his voice, when you asked him what sport he was playing, he didn't even care. I actually heard fear, which is not something to be included in sports. Well, look, fear can be very competitive, and it can be a useful uh, you know, tool to get yourself to... I mean, certainly in some sports in Russia are all about fear, You know, speaking of Russia. I, I, I have to disagree. If you're a winner, I understand that you're winning by making others fear you. But if you're a true winner, you will never fear. Mm, interesting. Now, everyone's got their own way of doing things, but, you, you know, it's just sad. It's so sad to see. I mean, one of us later is going to have to call his parents and tell them what happened. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't even know what to say to them. I don't know. You know. I mean, this is the kind of thing that maybe we shouldn't discuss on air. It's a bit sobering. It's a bit sad. But, um, you know, it's a tragedy. It's the, the fall of a, of a great, promising young mind. I feel I feel like he's lost his way a little bit. You know, Josh, I, I, I'm assuming you know this about me as we know each other quite well, having played sports for so long together. Mm. Uh, but some of the listeners might not know. I, um, I went to university to compete in philosophy. And I remember the question being asked, what is the point? And the answer was points. What mm. is the point? Points. Let that be a lesson to those of you who are dabbling in sports. The point is points. And mm. the more points you have, the better you're doing. And the more point there is. The more point there is, exactly. And I would say perhaps that that's a, a mantra that we should, um, look, let's see, if we can get him back in the studio, what I suggest we'll do is we'll tie him to a chair and we'll loop a recording of you saying the point is points. And we'll have him listen to that for a, a couple of days and we'll slowly deprive him of food and water. And until he realizes or he comes back to us. Have you ever, heard of, you ever heard of cold turkey? <laughs> Have I, Josh? You know what I'm saying. You know that I won cold turkey. Yeah. Basically, we're, we're gonna we're gonna tie this this bloke up and, and and make him go through it, and we'll be there for him. We'll save his life. Let me just um let me just make a call to the master of points, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We have not had this guest on the show before. This is David Muratori. Uh, he actually is a doctor on points. Let me just give him a call, and um, we shall discuss. What up? Just had a message come in from our, our correspondent, uh, Dr. McLean, over in Sochi. Uh, he says, Trump just called, said Democrats to blame for Russia Olympic ban. It makes sense, right? Sore losers. Also said, as he got Russia kicked out of Olympics, shows he is not in Putin's pocket. Also makes sense, said he listens to Behind the Player every morning. Of course. Thank you, Dr. McLean. We, we already uh, had a few indications that Trump was a, uh, a listener. And uh, so here's to you, Chief. Here's to you. Glasses up, folks. Now, uh, as, as we wait to, uh, for our producers to, you know, get their stuff together with this uh, getting the, the correspondence all lined up properly, uh, what, what we thought we'd do this year is um, give you a nice little top 10 list of the uh, best plays of the year. As we wrap up 2019. Good score. That's um, actually, 2019 has been the best score so far. It is. And I have a feeling it's going to go up. <sighs> I should. I hope you're right. So, uh, you know, we, we've got a. I'm just springing this on Brian now. You know, um, our knowledge of sports is is so good. We don't have to pre-prepare a list of top 10 plays. Uh, we can just go back and forth and, um, you know, it, it don't feel pressured to sort of try and think of the best one. I know there's a lot of different plays to, to try and think of. Um, so we're not going to number them. All right. Let's get our... Uh, 
our favourite players of the year, Brian. Starting at 10? Well, let's let's not number them. You know, I know it's a top 10 list, but I think I feel like it's too hard to try well, and decide out of, you know, what the best players of the year is. I think that they are all number ones. I believe we have David Murtori on the line. Let's, let's cut to David. David. Da- David, welcome to Behind the Player. Thanks for calling back. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, for the interruption. But uh, David, can you give us your opinion on the importance of the point being points? The point being points. Um, look, I called back because it was so important that we get this clear. Um, look, this, the the point is is more than any one person can really imagine on their own. It's well said. A, well said. Mm, sage. Yeah. It's something that everybody has to imagine together on the field, you know, down to the managers, players, um, all of the sponsors. We're mm-hmm. all imagining it together. Yes. Great, great. Yes, now, David, David you're, you're a professor of points. Can you can you tell us what that entails? Look, um, I've, I've had to study points for probably about 47 years um, to get where I am. And I've had to score several points myself. Yes, um, we, we. I think that that last point is that last one is key. The listeners do know that you are uh, one of the leaders in points. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the top, uh, the top seven. That's extremely impressive. We know that Donald Trump is number one. Or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that was as of a few days ago because Jesus was number one, uh, but oh, now he's yeah, number Christmas two. Would have tipped that over. That's my professional opinion. Exactly. Mm, and now we have Donald Trump is second uh, as first. Jesus is second, and Scott Morrison is third. So, um, oh really? D- yeah, this is as I'm of we're we're, s- my, yeah. we're seeing the scores now pop up on the screen, and this is fact. I mean, things change, and sports yeah, are sports. That now on my screen, I have one of those screens too. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say, David, that uh, having that screen as the same screen as us, would you say that those scores are now a lock for the end of the year? Um, it's just kind of the, the what I call the mystery of points. Mm. You never know. Mm. You, you just don't. Well, Indeed. There's, there's one thing that we do know, and that is that you're only going to get points by playing sports. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I've looked into this extensively. There's, there's no other way to make points. Now, David, it's my understanding that uh, the reason that Scott Morrison has um, scored so highly is with his unique uh, philosophy of goes. And, you know, I, I think it's, this represents a slightly different philosophy than we've seen sportsmen employ in the past, where he's sort of saying it's this almost circular reasoning. Um, and it's yeah. like once you're in that circle, all you're doing is accumulating goes, which then turn into points, which then turn into goes. And I've heard people say, well, if you don't have a go to begin with, how are you supposed to have a go? You know, this is the question that a lot of people have been asking. Like they expect Scott Morrison to be able to answer that, where he's really focusing on having the goes that he has. Yeah, look, we're kind of entering into a, um, a philosophy of philosophy of points, um, ter- some philosophy of points terrain here, and um, that's another department entirely in uh, my university. Um, mm. But look, I, I will say, I will say that he is he is correct in that having a go is is paramount um, mm. in order to score an exact amount of points. Um, although his reasoning is so circular um, on this, this particular subject, it's like I like to think of it as he's scoring so many points because he's because he, and he's, he's awarding himself points. It's really like pleasuring himself over and over again, and it's, it's mainly to do with media media with media attempts at um, pushing himself forward as a as a comprehensively um, moral and upstanding individual. It's really to do with self pleasure. It's a yeah, it's a circular reason, reasoning. He's he's kind of jacking off his own his own points machine. Right. Right, Which is so it's amazing. like it's like you reach one stage and then you sort of jerk yourself in a different direction, and then you reach that stage and you jerk yourself in a different, and you keep doing that yeah. until you've jerked yourself back around to where you started. A circle jerk, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's, a, with, it's with an a, interesting strategy. That is amazing. He must be yeah. the most amazing sports player to come out of Australia in at least the last two hundred years. It's staggering, actually. I'm, I'm looking on my screen, and he's he's just he's just 
beating, beating out. Uh, he's just beating out Jesus. Oh my god, I'm watching it. Yeah. Oh my god. Can you see that? Donald Trump, Scott Morrison, and Jesus. Oh my god, that is confirmed. What a wild ride. This is. What an amazing year. What an amazing way to cap the year. This is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, we have never seen this before. Amazing. Never. That's amazing. Thank We're going to have to let you go, David. Thanks so much for calling into Behind the Player. Thanks so much for being on that's, the show, David. That's my pleasure. That's absolutely my pleasure, guys. Thank you. A pleasure. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks Merry, so much. Merry Christmas. And Merry don't be Christmas. afraid to say that. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to David. That was incredible. What a great Insightful. What a great guest. We'll have him back for sure. Maybe he can replace a uh, fallen comrade, Tully, who- I'm almost- I, I feel upset at saying his name. I, I am- I, just, I am livid. I am livid with rage. Give me a second, <sighs> Now. Shall we say a prayer for Tully? Yes. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And, and deliver us, us from evil. Into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. And Lord, P.S., please give Tully Ryan another go. Let's, let's give Tully Ryan another Tully go. Tully Ryan deserves another go. All right, should we get back to the uh, top let's, 10 number let's, ones? Let's move on to our top 10 plays. Moving on to our uh, top 10 plays of the year, I'd like to start with uh, Rodrigo DeRay of Peru. Now, Excellent, excellent, excellent sportsman. Thank you, Brian. Now, uh, Rodrigo is a hang glider. He's always been a uh, very strong competitor at that sport, which involves uh, holding onto a large kite. And, and competing with the wind. Competing with the wind, jumping off a large thing, competing with gravity as well. Amazing. I mean, it's hard to mess with gravity. Gravity is, it's much bigger than one person. Newton I, was an idiot I to think that we couldn't beat gravity. I don't know exactly how big gravity is, but it's bigger than one person. I can tell you that. I, I remember seeing gravity once and it wasn't that big. It, oh. it was actually much smaller than I anticipated. Oh. And I think it was, uh, I was watching Rodrigo uh, hand glide and it was it was him that made me realize that gravity is rather weak. So this, this is a, I guess, a melancholy tale in a sense, but it's ultimately a triumph of the human spirit. Uh, there's a mountain range within the Andes that is referred to as uh, God's two middle fingers. It's two large peaks and it's always been an impossible challenge of hang gliders to jump off the largest peak in the Andes and glide in between those two fingers. And it's thought that it would be a very spectacular sight and quite an act of, uh, you know, daredevilry. The problem being that there's a sheer rock wall beyond the two middle fingers and there was no way that anyone thought that you could do that without immediately slamming into that rock wall which could prove to be fatal mm. so Rodrigo DeRay finally thought well I'm just going to do it and rest in peace to Rodrigo rest in peace he flew through those middle fingers it was one of the most beautiful displays of hang gliding I've ever seen and then he smashed into that rock wall but he smashed into that wall with such grace and beauty I, I mean I watched the video at least twice a day there's that famous photo that uh, rocketed around Facebook and all the socials of uh, DeRay's uh, right hand and only his right hand um, making a thumbs up gesture as it unsticks from the rock wall and tumbles into the abyss below. His parents must have been so proud. What a beautiful metaphor for, you know, man's unyielding determination to better himself. To beat records, you know, to put numbers on the boards. It's a beautiful play. If there are any listeners out there who haven't seen the video, uh, you can download a video, uh, a series of videos called Faces of Death. They're uh, just focused on the greatest sports on earth and Rodrigo is a feature. 
Indeed. section on Faces of Death, Volume 17. Yes. Um, uh, currently, you might have to uh, go to the dark web to get an uncensored version, but I urge you to do so because- It's um, beautiful. It's hard to really appreciate the, the effort and the, the fine technique being used until you see the unedited version. And I wish that our um, mainstream news organizations were brave enough to show that. Indeed. So salute to you, Rodrigo. Salute. So um, I'd like to raise the next uh, number one, mm -hmm. and it is to women all over the world for being the best at killing. And mm. so there is a competition, uh, which is who can die the quickest. And, you know, like some people die at 20 and they win compared to somebody who dies at 30. This is an obvious fact. So the competition has been since the birth of existence um, to see who can die the quickest. And women have been the leaders in this competition simply by having a period. They haven't even created life. They've stopped it before it becomes life. Mm. So to women out there, 2019 has been your year for killing the quickest. I didn't I didn't realize that women were so competitive. They, they Especially people who have- I feel so ignorant. You know, I met a woman once who had three periods a day. Incredible. I know, hard to believe, but if you read the news, it's there. Wow. Three periods in one day, every day. She should have a play of the year. She, she had a go. She, she, she was a goer. She's having lots of goes all the time. And she knew what the point was. Mm. What a fantastic entry. <sighs> And yourself, Josh? Um, I'd have to say uh, <clears throat> I'd like to award a play of the year to uh, Ramrod Jacobin. And, uh, I'll Ramrod Jacobin. I'll say two words. Amazing. Uh, gut slam. That's all I'm going to say. What else is there to say? For those listeners out there who listen, you would all understand we have no need to explain it to you. I saw it. You gut saw slam. it. It was, it was beautiful. You know, I'm a man, so I don't cry. Can confirm. But I would say that that's the closest I've ever come to feeling like the type of person who might cry. Who, who else this year had a move named after them? The Ramrod Gut Slam. That is now in the pantheon of sports. It is. Uh, we could potentially speak to Scotty, our friend, oh, yeah? to erect a statue right in Hyde Park in Sydney. Maybe, you know, I've never really liked those that fountain in the middle of Hyde Park. I've never liked it. It's pointless. It's not having a go. Let's get rid of it and let's put let's erect a statue of Ramrod. Look, there's two types of news, Brian. There's new news and there's old news. That statue's old news. Indeed. Ramrod Gutbang. As he's also known. Ramrod Gutbang. New news. New news. And news to last forever. And what do you call news that lasts forever? History. That's right. <laughs> do it! Just do it! Okay, moving on. Uh, my next number one for the year is the fact that we have been the strongest year this year. Of all years so far, this has been the strongest year. Two, zero, one, nine. Has there ever been a bigger number in terms of years? You know, I had a, I had a memory earlier. I remembered uh, 2002. I had to think back to 2002. That's a piece of shit compared to this what, year. What poor days those were. It's hard to imagine going backwards. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I've gone backwards ever. I, I feel like everything in our world is just getting better all the time. The numbers just keep increasing. The numbers keep increasing. Everything's getting better. And you're right. 2019 is a play of the year. I mean, it's it's incredible. And the days. I mean, yesterday was the 27th, which is a good number, a strong number. Mm -hmm. Today's the 28th. How about that? It's amazing. Amazing. Oh. Now, another, uh, another play of the year yes. has to go to Barnaby Joyce. Barnaby Joyce. Now, Barnaby Joyce um, hit the hit the news recently when he released a video of him uh, making some, you know, pretty fair statements. Very about, reasonable about guy. Australia and stuff like that. And if you look at that video, he is red. He is red like a tomato is red. That's more red than I've ever seen anyone he is, be red. He's obviously mid-sport in that video. Yeah. And that just shows you what kind of guy he is. He's had an amazing go. He has... Uh, you know, he's had an affair. We've already talked about how good that is. What's a tough sport winning. that is. But the thing that I really like about him is in this video that he puts out, he says a lot of bad stuff about the government. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, you know, fine, whatever. But his affair was paid for by the government. 
And that's a play. That's a strong play. You know what I mean? His yeah. mistress was it's very strategic. It's, I think oh. he knows the sport better than most of us. I am hats off to this play. Barnaby Joyce, 2019, incredible leading figure. Get your mistress supplied by the government and then release a video in which you are being super anti-government. Strong, I mean, strong strategy. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, hats off to you, Barnaby. Maybe put a hat on, you know, just, I mean, there's red and then there's like two red, but that's by the by. Oh, I, I don't think you can get two red. Barnaby's proven that. That's true. He's and, amazing. And getting red is, is a competitive sport. Indeed. And who am I to tell him not to do it? Neither of us are as red as he is. And I, I will try. I will sit in the sun for as long as I can, but that would essentially be cheating. But then again, there's no cheating. But Barnaby Joyce will always be redder than I am. Mm. As red as the Russians. So what's your, what's your, what's our sixth number one? Well, to be honest, behind the player. This is. You no, know, I saw this coming. We've won, I think, more awards than every other podcast combined for being as knowledgeable and as informative as we have been. And I'm not trying to, you know, blow my own horn here, which I'm allowed to, but I don't want to do that. Because now is not a time to make others feel bad for how good we are, because that would be too easy. And I believe in competition. But yeah. this year, this year, I would like to acknowledge just how well Behind the Player has done and exceeded my expectations by a mile. You know, I thought how, when we do this, uh, a top 10 plays of the year, how are we going to avoid giving ourselves a, a top play of the year? And then I thought, why should we? And I knew if I didn't get there, you would have got there. We deserve more than a pat on the back. A pat on the back can get stuffed. We deserve not, you know, a complete, like a sledgehammer to the back. We deserve a sledgehammer to the back. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank publicly Josh Ahern for allowing me to be a part of his life beyond what I know is fully occupied by sports. And so I would, thank you, Josh. You're welcome, Brian. And I would like to thank you also for... So generously sharing your knowledge with the public and with me and by allowing me to do that with you, because I think that I'm not worthy of that um, because modesty is a sport and I play hard. I think I think we are the most modest people that I know. I think as far as modesty goes, that's what you're getting with Behind the Player. And that's why we are the number one, number one of 10 number ones play of the year 2019 Behind the Player. I would also like to uh, extend a congratulation to our next uh, recipient. Uh, now, this is a tough one because... You know, his his conduct today has uh, made me rethink this. But I think maybe this can be uh, part of the road to reconciliation is that Tully Ryan was one of my top players. Tully Ryan was one of the best. I think it would be unsporting for me to take that away now just because of what's happened. Everybody has a bad day or a bad week. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody goes through a point in their life where they think, I'm, I don't care about sports. I mean, I haven't, and I don't think you have, but some people might, and you have to forgive that moment of weakness when it comes. And so I'd like to say to you, Tully, that we're ready to move on if you are. Um, you're welcome to come back to the show, but just know that uh, you got you better get some pep in your step. You know, I'm also willing to take responsibility because we did send him to Woodford. We knew what the risks were, and we should have known that really only you or I could have gone to that. And survived. And survived. However, I will reveal at this time that I do have a sleeper agent at Woodford Excellent folk festival, and I'm going to see. I'm going to see if this person is available to speak with us now. Hi there. You tried to contact Barham on his mobile phone. Please try an SMS. Look, didn't work out again. You know, the team that we have sometimes don't give us what we need to win. Well, I think it's possible, given that he's at Woodford, that he is busy making points. And Barham is a strong, strong player. Yes. So we need to allow him the time to make points and to win over the mess and the disgust that is Woodford. That's right. Pardon the listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for pronouncing that word. It's awful. I'm so sorry. Now we've had our uh, first five of the uh, top 10 list and uh, you're going to have to wait to the for the secret episode to hear the other five. Uh, as you know, we are putting 
out two episodes a week now, and uh, the true fans know how to find that. And we've had a lot of uh, a lot of people find those episodes. Indeed, they've been great episodes. And if you haven't listened to them, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm pretty sure everyone listens to this. Everyone who is anyone listens to this, and anyone who's anyone who is smart listens to it and knows that it's good. And anyone who reaches out to us with any kind of criticism, I just have to say, look inwards. Look inwards first, because you are the problem. And with that. Let us welcome in the greatest score that we've had so far, 2020. Here's to you, 2020. And I know that things are just going to keep getting better and better. Here's to all our great leaders who are having goes and scoring points all the time. Here's to this great society, which is uh, so harmonious and so functional. And, you know, we uh, we just look forward to the future with nothing but optimism and joy. And, and competition. Competition. Do not yeah. forget to compete if you want to be part of the world, the greatest world that has ever existed, the world of sports. And with that, we bid you farewell. Adieu. Bring that one back from the top. Damn, son, where'd you find this?